Hello. Good morning. Every Sunday morning is, in my view, a reason for celebration. Unless you are a shift worker and have to work on a Sunday, the day is really one of relaxation, enjoyment, and socializing, or engaging in some leisure activity. For me, it also includes a good reading of the Sunday papers, usually full of news and commentary on the week gone by. But more importantly for me is the catching up on the gossip about the world of sport, especially football. You can say that at my age, this can be considered a reason to think of me as an oddball. I don't mind. In any way, I like Sundays. This picture of bliss on a Sunday can, however, be shattered at times. And so it did recently when I came across a news item that can be disturbing as much as it can be amusing. Apparently, there's something called a doomsday clock. This was a 70-year-old device warning of impending apocalypse, that is, a world disaster of massive dimension. The concept was devised by the Chicago-based Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, and at present it is under the control of the editor of this journal, and a Rachel Bronson, who is the current executive director and publisher of the Bulletin. According to a recent article in the Daily Times, the clock was initially fixed at seven minutes to midnight because the artists who designed it for the June 1947 edition of the Bulletin thought it looked good. For the next 26 years, it was controlled by the journal's editor, Eugene Rabinovich, a leading figure in the nuclear disarmament movement. One may laugh at such a concept, but apparently this doomsday clock is taken seriously because it reflects the state of the world and it can be nudged closer to midnight or further from it. For example, it was nudged back 17 minutes when the Cold War was dismantled with the agreement between the then Russian Gorbachev and the then Ronald Reagan who shook hands and, together with Margaret Thatcher, decided that the nuclear arsenal must be drastically reduced. Of course, the clock had been nudged to three minutes in 1949 and then to two minutes in 1953, as the nuclear confrontation appeared to be a more real possibility. It was moved back to seven minutes, even on 1962, when there was the Cuban crisis and it remained steady at seven minutes for 26 years. The group looking after the device recently made its latest move on the basis of one man, Lawrence Krauss, age 62, a theoretical physicist, and David Tightly, a professor of meteorology, two of the group's members, wrote in the New York Times, Never has the bulletin decided to advance the clock largely because of the statements of a single person. But when that person is, in, is the new president of the United States, 
His words matter. The clock was nudged forward 30 seconds. Now, of course, we can laugh this off, but the reality is that the world is getting a little more dangerous than five or ten years ago. With Russia's Putin flexing his muscles in Ukraine and then the Middle East, admittedly not his nuclear muscles yet, and with Trump stating repeatedly his concept of America first, the margin of error is gradually narrowing. These two personalities are so full of ego can only, that one can only watch them with great amusement on the one hand, but certainly also with great anxiety on the other hand. We live in a world that is ever more measured, whether in what we do or eat or travel or spend, or with really so many things in our life. So the concept of a measurement for the world level of danger appeals to me, although how precise such a measurement can be is open to much discussion. I would only hope that our own Theresa May could influence the issue favorably by her more measured approach to issues. But we cannot even here ignore the difficulty with our own issue regarding Brexit and all that it entails. As for the rest of the world, well, I need not remind you of the term all around. If we think that these strifes are far away from us, this will be quite short-sighted. Sooner or later, we can be dragged onto it. But even if we are not dragged onto it, are we so insensitive to human suffering that we do not care? I'm sure you're not, and neither am I. So, can we do something about it? Well, maybe. Yes, we are only minuscule as individuals, but we are not insignificant if we uphold our standards and our faith, whichever faith this happens to be. Let us just recall Jesus Christ teaching us that the tiny seed of mustard eventually produces a large tree. Let us remind, remember his situation as a lone figure surrounded by hostility and denial and what he achieved. This is the story repeated in every religious history, whether the travails of Muhammad, peace be upon him, or Moses, the meek, remember the meek, or the Buddha, who has left his father's palace to witness the sufferings outside and around its walls, or Baha'u'llah, who suffered imprisonment and banishment, but succeeded in establishing the word of God for this day and his call of peace and world unity. We are not insignificant, and even as the doomsday clock is nudged forward, we owe it to ourselves and to our fellow humans not to sit quietly and see it being nudged further and further towards the twelfth hour. So let us join in our prayer for the world and do our part and never be hindered by our frailty or poor number. God will respond. Let us pray fervently and sincerely on this Sunday, whether you are in church or otherwise. And before I finish, I want to quote as a postscript, really, something I read that Mikhail Gorbachev said, and I will read. Mikhail Gorbachev has warned 
that a new arms race means the nuclear threat once again seems real. As he stated it, it looks if, as if the world is preparing for war. The former Soviet leader called on Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin to work together to take steps to reduce the world's nuclear arsenals. Politicians and military leaders sound increasingly belligerent and defense doctrines more dangerous. Commentators and TV personalities are joining Bellico's chorus. It all looks as if the world is preparing for war, he wrote in an article for Time magazine. Mikhail Gorbachev is not someone we could ignore. Let's hope he's right in giving us these soundings and wrong in his assumption. Goodbye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not keep up to date with The Sound of Surrey by listening live at brooklandsradio.co.uk or through our free mobile app.